0: This is 1059 The Region and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery.
1: Welcome to Choosing Wellness, your one-stop shop for practical advice about how to attain better physical and mental well-being so that instead of just surviving, you're thriving. Choosing Wellness is powered by Patterson Media. In this series, we'll share a health journey and explore the trends and talk to the experts that will help you live your best life and have fun doing it. In this episode, your skin health, unlocking the water dilemma, like how much is enough, the meaning of life with Stephanie Staples, and a being real story on a cosmetic company that's changed lives. I'm Linda Freeman. Come join the journey of choosing wellness. Jason Rivers is a dermatologist in Vancouver, British Columbia. He trained in Canada, England, and the United States, as well as Australia. And for over 30 years, he's been practicing in Vancouver. He was a full-time faculty member with the University of British Columbia for 17 years. And Pacific Derm is his own practice in Vancouver with a focus on both medical and aesthetic dermatology. He's also the past president of the Canadian Dermatology Association, Dr. Rivers, thank you for joining us. You've done so much. You know so much. But can we talk about the correlation between someone's self-esteem and confidence and their skin?
0: So skin diseases can have a major impact on people's self-esteem. The skin is really, as I say to everybody, a window to our inner world and reflects back on how we are, how we feel. And really, quite frankly, every organ system in our body can be Expressed in a skin condition. There's thousands of skin conditions that we learn as dermatologists and they can all impact different parts of the body, whether it's endocrine, whether it's infectious disease, whether it's related to joints, all kinds of things. That's why it's so interesting.
1: I mean, it's fascinating really. But what are some of the major skin conditions you see affecting health and how people feel about themselves?
0: Some diseases like psoriasis, for example, which is a common skin condition, can have the same effects in terms of quality of life as heart disease, diabetes, and other illnesses like depression even. For example, rosacea is a condition where the face is very red. It may have acne-like pimples. People flush a lot. They can be quite embarrassed, and I've had patients who literally have not got out of the house for months at a time because they're so embarrassed by how their skin looks.
1: The skin is the body's largest organ. It's an organ that needs nutrients and self-care. So we really should put high importance on taking care of it, right?
0: It really does more than just serve as a way to hold all your muscles and joints and internal organs from the outside. It's not just a barrier, but it's a functioning organ. And the skin can repair itself for quite a while, but after repeated insults, it breaks down, and it can't do this so often, and so we start seeing change of the skin. The skin becomes thinner, it becomes drier, it becomes more mottled with pigmentation. So the best way, first of all, is to protect yourself from excess sun exposure. The second thing is that environmental pollutants also play a role in skin health, so keeping the skin clean is also a good tenant to adopt. So keeping your skin clean, keeping it protected are the basic tenets of skin health.
1: What about nurturing the skin from the inside out?
0: The body needs a certain amount of components to make everything function properly. And a significant or severe deficiency can result in changes to your skin. Like, for example, vitamin C deficiency can result in scurvy, which can result in changes that you see in the skin. Vitamin B deficiencies, the same thing, I think called pellagra. So there's all kinds of different vitamin deficiencies, but the opposite, putting in hyper amounts of supplements and vitamins, there's not a lot of good information to suggest it makes a big difference to your skin and may be potentially not good for other organs in the body if you overdo it.
1: So there's a difference between applying it topically and I'm talking about collagen, vitamin C, retinol, compared to taking it orally.
0: The issue is when you put something on your skin, you have to ensure that it's going to get through the skin. So retinols do go into the skin or retinoids. Vitamin C can go into the skin and they can have a positive local effect. But it's going to be slow and it's going to be mild initially and you have to see changes over a prolonged period of time. Oral agents... Act differently at different parts of the body. Using collagen topically onto the skin or even by mouth, I believe, is of limited benefit. And the studies that show that it does something are not large studies. They're not well-conducted studies, in my opinion. And they're open to a lot of interpretation when they say there are positive results. Collagen, remember, is basically what you consume when you're eating different types of foods and those collagens are made of amino acids and those amino acids get broken down into your stomach and sent to different parts of your body and used appropriately. That's not just going to your skin and making you look like you're five years younger.
1: For people who suffer from acne, do you have any advice?
0: With the issue related to acne, in this situation we have a disease that tends to fluctuate spontaneously. So you may have a good couple of weeks and a bad couple of weeks. In women, there may be fluctuation with the menstrual cycle. So all these things play into the treatments. And that is, it's hard for somebody to really be categorical and say that, yes, this definitely helped me when you have a disease that fluctuates on its own anyway. Same thing with psoriasis, rosacea, eczema. They all tend to wax and wane to some degree, depending on the environmental situations or life stresses, etc.
1: Aesthetic medicine focuses on altering cosmetic appearance through the treatment of conditions from scars and wrinkles to liver spots and spider veins. And it is a vastly growing business, isn't it?
0: It's becoming much more safe, scientifically driven, and we can see results that are highly impactful, both to the clinician who sees it, but more important to the patient themselves. And Now, a lot of clinical trials are requiring patient-reported outcomes. So how does it impact you, the patient who's receiving the treatment? Not just, yes, you look like you can squint a little less, but rather, how does it make you feel? If somebody is looking better and their skin looks good, their self-esteem goes up, their self-confidence goes up, and they feel better about themselves. So you are interconnecting all these things. I have a medical student who's just working with me on a paper to show that not only is it just the skin in the mind, but there's actually the pathway to that. There are certain what we call cytokines, which are inflammatory mediators, which are active both in the skin and they can cause depression. And if you treat the skin, you can sometimes reduce the depression in people and vice versa. So there's this interesting interconnected pathway between the skin and the brain which has a scientific basis.
1: Thank you, Dr. Rivers. The global aesthetic medicine market was valued at $16.5 billion U.S. in 2022. To share in the discussion about healthy skin, tag us using hashtag #healthtag. When seasons change and spring hits, there's often the sensation of a new beginning. Meet Donna Brittingham, founder of Bully Blocker Cosmetic and Natural Clean Beauty Skin Care and Makeup. At one point, Donna felt like her life was crumbling. It was a time she felt there was no hope. This is Donna's story. This is Being Real.
2: When my divorce happened, you know, I was turning 50. Actually, it was right before my 50th birthday. And so you're kind of thinking your life shouldn't be that way and it shouldn't, you've now gone through maybe other crises in your life and you feel that nothing can really stop you. And suddenly you get stopped again, and things change again. And there's a lot of anger, a lot of feelings of betrayal and things that that shouldn't be like this at this time in my life. I should be reaping the rewards of all the good things I've done, all the hard work I've put into things, and yet I'm even maybe in a worse position than I was any other time in my life. And it's a bigger hit, a bigger fall, a longer stay at the bottom and I kept thinking maybe I'm gonna be okay I have love around me I have people supporting me but I kept falling and kept going deeper and deeper and I think maybe with age comes the ability to encapsulate yourself from harmful elements for a period of time while you're in that place when you're younger maybe you don't do that and maybe you don't go so deep but for me even when I was starting to feel the hope on the other side because you kind of go numb for a while while you put your life back together. I thought I was just never gonna be okay. I couldn't get in a car without looking for a sad station just to help me cry more. You know, it was sort of like my friend. And it was like my office in my therapy zone where no one could see me. Maybe that's what cars are made for because that's the only place in the world you can really be so truly private. And you'll hear any random song that maybe gives you hope or facilitates whatever your feelings might be happening with you and i just think the sense of music actually either makes you sad or helps you down that or else it makes you feel empowered for the moment of wherever you're going every time i started feeling better that life was going to be good the next day it would be bad again and one day i was just in the elevator going down and i faced a real illness and some things stressfully financial almost lost my business had to hang on for dear life and ask for help from anyone that could help me to stay on my feet. I'd get up, I'd go have lunch with people, I was drinking more than I needed to. It was sort of a daily routine to go to lunch and get dressed, and those were things I did when I felt bad. Because I wanted people to see I was still normal, and I was lost. People were saying, you look great, you seem great, but you're just not yourself anymore. And I said, I don't think that self will ever come back. And that brought such a sadness to me to think, I may never be the person they knew me to be. That was a loving person, excitement and fun and joyful and giving and all of those things were gone. And even though I could pretend everything was good and even pretending to myself, I thought it was good until my mother at one time, she said, you know, I just, it makes me so sad because I feel like part of you is gone. You're not the same person. And it just broke my heart because I thought, I don't know how to be the same person because nothing's the same anymore. And I'd get angry at people because they expected me to be the same Donna that I was before my divorce, before my company, before nervous breakdown things happened. And everybody could applaud you for looking good and for keeping it all together on the outside. But once they see that you really aren't there, or the people that are close to you, that's when you lose hope. I didn't have a purpose. I don't have children. I wasn't married, so I was sort of purposeless. And I just started playing around with what could I do? I am being on social media. Maybe I'm just gonna play around with inventing this mineral-based product. And for some reason, I don't even know why I thought I could do it. I have no idea why I named it Bully Blocker, really. But something in me just felt like this was a beacon for me to hang on to. It never had an expectation, it never had, I'm never gonna make money from it. But for some reason, I was just hanging on to this idea that I could do this, whatever it was I was trying to do. And as I started developing more and more products and started being in these female groups, I would meet people that were professionals that were going through difficult times, deaths, divorce. And I just felt a connection to everyone the minute I met them. And I thought, oh, my God, I found my people, people that relate to the things that I have gone through, and I relate to what they've gone through. And it's a very different conversation when you find that group, when you find those people. And so as I've gone through the process of this company for three years, I've met so many women going through hard times. And every time they say, well, I've got my bully blocker, I'm going to keep the bullies away. And it's just sort of a thing that started having a whole different meaning than what the products really were. So they were really meant to keep the elements from damaging your face. But people were sort of relating it to, I feel good and I feel like a woman again and I feel protected and I feel good. Some of these women, they have written me notes, text messages, and I feel like I've met my best friend. We stay in touch. They tell me about their process and what's going on. And one of them said, I'm doing great, but your message just resonated with me from, this party we were at and when you helped me put on some makeup and helped me pull it all together it's just really going to sound weird but I feel like bully blockers like a magic wand I feel like I'm protected and I've got my magic wand with me and my protection and I'm bully blocked because she said I'm an adult person and I feel like my ex-husband was bullying me and I'm not going to let that happen I feel like My job was not to build a makeup company, it was to get myself and my story somewhere. And that has just become the vehicle that we can all relate to something and it brings us together and it gives me sort of a voice that I wouldn't have. And I just know it keeps continuing, getting bigger and the stories get better about the participation of the brand in someone's mind and heart and experience. And I will just start crying sometimes because I just can't believe this is my life when I thought life was over nobody believed I could do anything with it my life has changed so much and I just can't even be more grateful there's not more great gratitude in the universe to explain how I feel most of the time and so I'm glad to be able to tell the story reliving it for me has actually been so healing
1: thank you Donna for being real for opening up and sharing your story on losing hope but coming out on the other side. How to choose wellness. The World Health Organization defines self-care as, the ability of individuals, families, and communities to promote health, prevent disease, maintain health, and to cope with illness and disability with or without the support of a healthcare provider. Now, you can interpret that many different ways, but according to this definition, self-care pretty much includes everything related to staying physically healthy, including your hygiene, your nutrition, and seeking medical care when needed, and really taking care of yourself so you can stay physically, mentally, and emotionally well. And research suggests self-care promotes positive health outcomes such as fostering resilience, living longer and becoming better equipped to manage stress and I put all that in there because we hear about self-care all the time and there's just so much around it and just that little intro or not so little intro tells you how much there is around self-care so I want to introduce everyone to Cassie Butcher who teaches women how to practice self-care unapologetically while building their self-confidence so they can live a peaceful lifestyle. I love how you've put that. It's so important and welcome to choosing wellness. So let's start off. There's so much to uncover here. How would you describe self-care?
3: I love the definition that you actually started out with because I believe that that is self-care, but I think it's a little bit deeper. So yes, it's doing all of these things to care for your physical health, your mental health and your emotional health, but the self care aspect of it is figuring out what those specific things are pertaining to yourself. So what you need for physical wellness may not be what I need for physical wellness. So really that self word is you doing the work to say, what is my physical wellness? What is my mental wellness? What is my emotional wellness? What is my spiritual wellness? Not what society is telling me that it is. It's me doing the work to figure out what can I do to best support my nervous system? What can I do to best love myself? And it's you putting in the work to figure out those things. To me, that is self-care.
1: You made a good point there because you also mentioned self-love. And I think sometimes people ask the question, is self-care and self-love the same, or are they different?
3: They're different. Self-care is what you do because you love yourself. You're saying, hey, I'm doing the healing. I'm doing the inner work. I'm doing the therapy. I'm doing the nutrition because I love my body, and I know that if I don't put certain foods into it, my body's going to start to drag. I'm going to go get the mental support that I need because without this, I know that my mind is not going to be in its best state. Self-care is the things that you do because you love yourself, because you want to make sure you're okay. You want to live a life of really choosing yourself and putting yourself first and giving yourself that peace that you deserve.
1: I love how you put that and the fact that you talked about that self-love piece first. Do you think that that is why it's so hard for people to give self-care is because they don't love themselves enough or they don't feel
3: that they're important enough to give themselves that self-care? Absolutely. And I don't think it's their fault. We live in a world that teaches us to serve other people first. You're never really taught to serve yourself when you're little. Share your toys. When you're a little, that's not nice, be helpful. You're not really taught to like do something for yourself. You're always taught to include other people in almost every single decision that you make. But when you make the decision, you're primarily the only person living with it. You're like stuck with it. You're the one who's like feeling the icky stuff that other people aren't really thinking of. It's you. So that's why I think self-care is important because you really have to Think of yourself and prioritize yourself, like just that whole word, it's self. Self-care is not for other people. So that's why when people get into the mode of saying like they feel guilty or oh my gosh, or this is selfish. And it's like, you're supposed to do this for yourself. And it feels uncomfortable because society teaches you to put everyone else first. That's why it feels uncomfortable. You didn't grow up being taught to put yourself first because that seen is rude. That scene is selfish. That scene is bad. When you when you choose yourself, it doesn't benefit other people. You're now a threat to society. You're now a threat to the norm. And people are gonna add negative connotations to the things that you do until it starts benefiting other people. And what's crazy in all of that is
1: the fact that when we do self-care, we're not being selfish we're actually doing the best thing we possibly can for ourselves. Therefore, once we are good and we're giving ourselves that self-care, then we can really be in a place to help others.
3: Yeah. One of the things that I've learned too is that it's okay to be selfish sometimes. Yeah. Selfish only has a negative connotation because like I said, it doesn't benefit other people. But sometimes you have to be selfish in order to be able to reset your nervous system or get the rest that you need. So selfish isn't, always a bad thing. But we've been taught that it is because we live in a society that doesn't want you to put yourself before everyone else 24-7. And there has to be a healthy balance with it, I will say. Yeah, definitely. But it's up to you to do that work to figure out that healthy balance.
1: It is that balance and it's understanding that we do need to be selfish sometimes. And it's okay to say no. It's really hard for many people to say no to things. And When they do, they do feel like they're being selfish, but that's probably a good thing because if you don't want to do something, you probably
3: shouldn't be doing it. Not only are we told that no is a bad word, if someone tells us no, we think that that's them telling us that they don't love us and they don't care about us. But sometimes a no is a really good thing. One of the things that I often tell my clients is that rejection can sometimes be redirection. If you tell me no now, and then I go explore another route, I might end up liking that route 10 times better and would have never got to experience that had you told me yes or whatever the case may be. So no is not always a bad word. How do we change
1: the way we are? Like, Can you guide us through the process of putting yourself first and not feeling bad about it?
3: Something that I like to do with my clients is I like to start by unpacking why you don't put yourself first. And the more you unpack that, the more you realize you don't have a good enough reason not to put yourself first. And people are like, well, it's because I'm a mom, it's because I have kids, or I have to do X, Y, and Z, but what I'm saying is, you probably are not even going to be as effective as you want to be in that job, in that role, at your parenting if you're not tending to yourself. Sometimes you really have to find that balance between remembering that you're a person before you're anything else. You don't become a parent and then all of a sudden lose access to regular human emotions. You don't become a mom and lose your right to get mad and lose your right to get sad and lose your right to be exhausted and lose your right to wanna be left alone. You're human. You cannot stop human emotions from showing up in human experiences. And recognizing that and being honest, like, I do love my child, but I want like a day off. It's okay to not want to be around your partner or your kids or people sometimes. Sometimes we just want to be alone. I think it would help a
1: lot of us. Now, mind you, I mean, the last few years, there's been a lot of alone time, maybe too much alone time for some people, right? It is finding some of that space for just you. I read some research around how people who have suffered with some self-esteem in their younger years, and they're always trying to please other people and they become these people pleasers. And then it's really hard for them to find time for themselves because they don't want to let people down. And I wanted to talk just for a moment about the difference between self-confidence and self-esteem.
3: When it comes to self-esteem... I think of self-esteem as how you feel about yourself and self-confidence, what you believe you can do. And when they work together, they work beautifully. If I'm feeling good and I think I can do something, my day is 10 times better. But if I'm feeling bad and I don't have the confidence, I'm going to start doubting myself and talking down on myself. And no one in this world can better negative talk you than yourself. The person who can find everything to like really tear you down is you because you live with you so you know your insecurity and so that's why it's very important for you to learn how to show yourself grace we give everyone else the benefit of the doubt except for ourselves like when's the last time you gave yourself the benefit of the doubt we put these titles on ourselves mother brother sister friend wife husband And then we just start drilling ourselves of like, if you don't match everything that's quote unquote perfect under this title, you're unworthy, you're horrible. And it's like, no, that's not true. You're someone who was learning how to operate in that title within your life. You are learning how to be a mom Learning how to be a mom while being an employee or an entrepreneur, like you are navigating so many different streams. And I think we don't take the time to reflect on that.
1: There's a lot to it. There's a lot going on and it's your mental and your physical well-being and just wellness in general, eating well, exercising, all those things are important ways to give yourself self-care. So Cassie, how do you help bring self-care perspective to others?
3: I literally help them recognize all the factors about themselves and then once we work through that let's develop a self-care game plan of strategizing of what are some things that you can do that you know this is what makes me feel better or feel at ease or this will allow me to take a pause a break really quick what are those things that you can do that you know can bring you back when you feel like you're falling off a ledge
1: everything is about learning right and i think to not taking a big bite of everything all at once in the sense of oh I have to eat this way I have to exercise this amount of time because that's not good self-care either it's overall wellness and I think that that's what we're starting to see more and more of a shift to is that people understand we need to give time to ourselves we need to help ourselves mentally and physically
3: people go cold turkey and they're like I'm gonna eat well I'm gonna sleep well I'm gonna clean up I'm gonna do laundry <laughs> you're not gonna do any of it because you're putting 1,200 things to do at once. You have to baby step your way into that. You know what? I'm going to start by maybe journaling once a week. And then if I can prove to myself that I can be consistent with that, all right, maybe I'll journal two days out of the week. You have to baby step your way into anything that's going to be new for you. You can't just walk in and like, I'm ready. Yeah, There's a lot of fundamental learning you still got to do.
1: Your journey is so much like so many. Like You ended an emotionally draining and toxic relationships, and that really helped you rediscover who you are and put you on the path to what you're doing, and that is helping others. You found your gift in your path through your own personal experiences, and now you're sharing it with others.
3: For whoever is listening to this, just dive into thinking about what is self-care for me and allow yourself to self-reflect Allow yourself to step into self-discovery, because then that's how you find your self-care game plan. That's how you figure out what it is that you need to hear, to see, and to feel to really operate in that aspect of wellness so you can start seeing more of the peace that you desire in your life. So,
1: yeah. (laughs) it's beautiful. Thanks. Life is challenging. And choosing wellness in our daily lives may seem like adding to the already long to-do list, but together we can make it easier on the next choosing wellness, helping you get a better night's sleep, talking brain math with Stephanie Staples and getting the skinny on melatonin, as well as other ideas to get better Z's. I'm Linda Freeman. Let's connect again soon as together we take the journey of choosing wellness.
0: Discovery the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.